This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Ying.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Living Fearlessly with your host, Lisa McDonald. My mama told me when I... Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me again on this lovely Friday morning. My name is Lisa McDonald, host of Living Fearlessly with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Listenership spans to 145 countries, 220 TV radio terrestrial satellites, and the potential for millions of iTunes downloads. Before turning it over and plugging my guest of this week, the phenomenal Robert Dempsey, I just want to, as I always do, formally and properly thank my corporate sponsors, Halt and Honda and Forever, for believing in myself and the content and the guests uh, of each week. I also wish to say thank you to uh, my friends and family over at C-Suite Radio Network, where, again, following the live show of each week, you can eventually find the podcast link of my guest and I. So... Who is my guest today? Well, my guest is a gentleman by the name of Robert Dempsey, reading the bio in first person here. Over the course of my career, I've gone from being an entrepreneur at 22 to leadership positions in four corporations and back once again to forging my own path. It has been a wild journey that developed me into who I am today, a full-time professional success coach and entrepreneur, helping and inspiring people like myself those who may be ready for what's next and are ready to go after what they truly want in life and be supported along the way. As a lifelong business founder and owner, I have always been passionate about solving complex problems and creating solutions that truly help people. I have founded and built three startups in tech and marketing and grew my second business to over half a million dollars in 18 months just amazing. After four years in the corporate world, I returned to entrepreneurship and am currently the co-founder of four companies. Those being Awesome to the Core, Jackson, sorry, Jack ESL, FusionCell.ai, and Tie With Me. I have developed and sold online applications, consulted to Fortune 500 and Inc. 500 companies, authored a book on Python development, written articles and manuals for Amazon and Intel, and spoken nationally and internationally on software development and agile project management. One of my biggest accomplishments was gaining Jack Canfield as a client for my marketing company. The website framework and user experience that was designed for his team is still in use to this day. Much of my time over the past 10 years has focused on creating communities that foster individual and team transformations, both personally and professionally. I've worked with individuals and entrepreneurs in mentoring, coaching, and mastermind group session capacities. I founded and grew the Data Wranglers DC Meetup Group to over 3,000 members. I performed training for 60 people at Freddie Mac to help them improve their data science skills, manage their teams, and on an individual basis learn how to chart their careers. Two experiences have drastically impacted my life career and who I've become, getting sober at the age of 20 and my involvement with Jack Canfield's success principles. It was with the help of my support system all those years ago that I was able to turn things around and began to learn how to be open, honest, and vulnerable how to be the real me. Together with my trusted advisors, I took a deep look at my current reality and decided to plan to adjust my path and create the life I truly wanted for myself. When I heard about the success principles in 2012, I took it even further and was finally able to truly understand my life's purpose. The tools I learned helped me propel myself to phenomenal levels of personal achievement. Wow, Robert. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the... (laughs) <laughs> that is. You know, it's funny because after I do that part of the intro, the guest always says to me, wow, is that really me? Is that really me? I can't believe I've done all that. And yes, you have. So congratulations on all your success and all your hard-earned achievements and accolades. Uh, well, well deserved and very, very impressive, I might say. So I just want to say thank you for taking time out of your schedule because clearly you're off the hook. Uh, and uh, for being here with myself and the loyal listeners and the over half a million podcast subscribers, because I know we're going to get a lot of value out of you today. So, 
Robert, let's just dive right in. Everybody knows that my format is very unscripted. I believe it makes for a much more authentic and organic discussion, but I do always generally start out with one standard question, which I think is important to set the stage and set the tone for who you are. So in light of everything that your personal and professional life has evolved into, if we could maybe just um, scale it back a little bit, if we could talk about the inception of your journey, where did this all actually start for you? Oh, wow. So first off, thanks very much for having me, Lisa. It's, it's great to be here with you today. Um, my, the inception. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I'd say it it really started when I was younger. Um, it's, it's funny how we tend to forget things that happen to us as kids as we go through our adult life and gather all of these experiences. But I remember a long time ago, like sleepovers with my friends, talking about very high-level thoughts. Uh, when I was around the age of 14, I got into herbal medicine and Native American culture and shamanism. And that's when I started doing my first meditations, actually in the form of spirit journeys. So that's been that's been a long time ago. And ever since then, I, I grew up doing martial arts and also meditated a lot then. So being someone that is introspective and constantly seeking to understand you know, who I am, what I'm all about, what's my purpose here, how do I act upon that has been really a lifelong journey ever, ever since then. Amazing. Well, given that you comfortably inserted it into the bio, you know, because people like the, the raw, authentic version and there is always a backstory to what people would glean today it's not overnight success there's usually always adversity and challenges and of course you had indicated alcohol at 20 years Mm -hmm. old so for somebody who's now just cited meditation and all those rituals at the young age of 14 that has the mindset of somebody who's very self-disciplined um that's not to say that self-disciplined people don't have issues with substance and all kinds of other uh you know issues but if you could maybe share with the listening audience and myself, because you never know who this is going to shift or who this is going to transform as a result of you being raw, candid, and vulnerable here. Um, mm-hmm. But what what was the relationship between you and alcohol? <laughs> well, it wasn't very nice to me. I can uh-huh. tell you that much. Um, so, you know, a, a lot of us go through life with beliefs and beliefs are nothing more really than thoughts that we just think over and over again. And some of these beliefs are very positive and help us to get what we want. And some of them are very negative and take us far away from what it is we want. And you know, growing up, I had a number of limiting beliefs that I had just taken on um, through my life experiences. And those ultimately led me to a lot of frustration. Um, I got bullied when I was in private school for a couple of years, which didn't help the situation, at least not my mental space. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I ended up, when I left private school and went back to public school, I just decided, you know, I'm, I'm going to be in a position where no one ever picks on me ever again and mm-hmm. fell in with a crowd that just happened to be, you know, drinking uh, mm-hmm. and doing drugs. And so that led me really down this spiral of a journey for five years until I woke up one day. I was at culinary school in upstate New York and woke up and just came to fully accept that I could not control my drinking, that it had wrecked everything in my life, everything that I had ever wanted in life. And that if I didn't get sober, excuse me, before I was, before I was 21, that I would probably drink myself to death. So luckily I had very supportive parents uh, that took me out of school, put me into rehab and I've been sober ever since. And that was almost 20 years ago. Wow. Good job and congratulations. And uh, also too, I think that says a lot about your introspection. You've talked about that. We hit upon that. And for somebody to have manifested what you have in your life and to really go, okay, if I value myself here and if I, if I value uh, the privilege and the honor of what it means to even be here, this gift we call life, then yeah, I got to figure things out. And, you know, there's a lot of parallels between you and I. So it's too bad we didn't at least have one little tie on together before this <laughs> interview back in the day, decades ago. But I just want to say congratulations to you. Um, Thank you. So, you know, 
if you feel, and I, I want to ask this question because for you to be able to overcome that, we know some people are afflicted by call it alcohol, call it whatever. And some people just can't shake it. Some people, you know, they have success, they have runs with it, and then they fall back again, uh, into the old patterns and things that are counterintuitive. So, you know, do you think as a result of you being able to champion that, that kind of restored your inner faith and your inner strength to go, if I can, if I can achieve that, and still be here standing today and have the success story that I do, I can overcome anything. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, so at Awesome to the Core, our really mantra is unlock your unlimited potential. And Mm -hmm. I believe that, and I absolutely believe fundamentally, that everyone really does have unlimited potential. We just layer over it with, again, limiting beliefs, limiting thoughts, uh, that we gather from experiences as we go through life. But I have also seen in my own life and in the lives of others that regardless of circumstances, regardless of how much money you have or where you live or gender or race, I mean, yes, there are issues that we face out in society. I'm not going to say that those mm-hmm. don't exist because those are absolutely very real. Um, however, there are many stories across all of that of people really creating what it is that they want in life and changing their lives. I've seen people change 180 degrees. It can happen over a period of time or it can happen in an instant. Usually that instant though, just like as you were saying, overnight success is like, is the 10 years that lead up to your overnight success. It's <laughs> typically a succession of events that lead up to that one moment of epiphany where mm. literally everything changes in your life. But I firmly believe that if someone has the desire to change, then they can absolutely do that. But the first thing you have to do is really understand for taking responsibility for yourself and what you've done in life and then deciding what it is you really want. And that for some can, in fact, be quite difficult, though. I Mm -hmm. mean, either of those can be quite difficult. Very true. Very true. But you hit upon a key element that, you know, we reinforce in this program all the time. And it is the fact that if you're going to be a so-called leader or be perceived as a leader or, you know, scale up and level up in your own life, then yes, you do always have to be mindful of the accountability piece. And so clearly you've embodied that. And that's something for, I'm sure, all the experiences that were cathartic for you that put you into that moment of clarity where you said, this is non-negotiable. I don't give myself permission to sit here anymore. And I'm not playing Russian roulette with my life anymore. And I've got too much to offer. So that's enough. Um, but that is a choice. That absolutely is a choice. And the fact that you continue to hold yourself accountable, it's no wonder people like Jack Canfield want to align themselves with you. So let's talk a little bit about that because Jack Canfield and this name and the one degree of separation, uh, even long before I interviewed him just recently, it keeps coming around and around. And again, I talk about Vibe Attracts Tribe and, you know, it's all about alignment and synergies and there's no coincidences. So, how did this relationship between you and Jack get birthed? Was it a result of you being part of the uh, Success Principles training? Did you know each other prior to that? And then it evolved into a business partnership. What was the process there? So a number of years ago, I was first introduced to Jack Canfield through one of his events. Uh, I went to his fantastic Breakthrough to Success event. It was mm-hmm. held in Arizona thing I love about all of Jack's events, they're always top shelf. <laughs> they're held in yes. really nice places. So if you want a vacation and uh, personal development, <laughs> definitely go to a Jack Canfield event. <laughs> um, so that was the first exposure that I had. So five-day event, and that really turned a lot of my life around at that point. And from there, I went from Breakthrough to Success to his Advanced Breakthrough to success. And then I went into his live train the trainer program. And it was during the live train the trainer program that I implemented one of his fundamental success principles, which is ask for what you want and reject rejection. So, you know, I thought, well, at the time I had my online marketing firm. It was my third business. I was building websites for people and I caught wind that they might want to be doing some changes to their website. And so I spoke with uh, Lisa over there, uh, who is their VP of marketing. Mm-hmm. And she and I had lunch and I found out what she wanted. 
we got along, I pitched, and I gained them as a client that day. And I've had wow. a fantastic relationship with them over the years. It's been it's, – they are such a wonderful group of people, as you know, from yes. you know, from your interactions with them. Absolutely. Well, congratulations. And so is that the one principle that you learned that is still – does it still remain the most profound and pivotal for you, or do you transition in and out of them based on your own evolution of growth? So the the one that is at the beginning of Jack's book, the one that is the first step of AA and the first step of really practically every transformational program that I've seen out there is the idea of taking full responsibility for your life. So mm-hmm. in the success principles, there's an equation E plus R equals O, event plus response equals outcome. Mm-hmm. Events happen to us. We have no control over those or relatively low control. Our response is what we do have absolute control of. And then based on our response to those events, we have a different outcome. So if you don't like your outcomes, you change your response to the events happening. So whether that's you got fired from a job or um, argument with your spouse, you know, whatever it is, if you don't like the outcomes you're getting, change your response, which means then that I am in full control of the outcomes that occur in my life. And Mm -hmm. so that is – to me, the most fundamental principle that I have to practice every day. Uh, because really, if I'm not taking responsibility for me, then I'm just blaming everyone else. And ultimately, I'm not going to get what it is that I want if if I have that very limited perception of of life. Beautiful. Well, the one thing that really impressed upon me, my takeaway breakthrough from having interviewed Jack was when he talked about his rampage of appreciation. So I would be curious to know, I know you're probably, and most of us are, particularly those who are immersed in the personal development industry, we're grateful for everything. But what are you most grateful for? Oh, so many things. Um, I mean, first off, I would say my family. My family is the really the anchor for me in everything that I do. My wife and I are co-founders of all the businesses that we currently have. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm fortunate that I get to work from home. So I get to see my daughter, spend time with my wife, uh, you know, travel to see my parents and whatnot. And that they are definitely one of the most thing, one of the things that I am the most grateful for in life, because at the end of the day, you know, the, some of it, I'm sorry, I'm having trouble almost describing it, <laughs> but okay. it's, it's, uh, they mean so much to me, um, you know, and they, they also reflect back at me the, the areas in life that I have to work on, whether it's like patience with my three year old, you know, that yeah. shows me, oh man, Rob, you know, you really don't have as much patience as you, you really think you do, um, or realizing that, hey, you know, sometimes I just need to step back from, the the busyness of life, the busyness of of all these companies, and just spend time and show love, really show love and show appreciation for them. And when I take that time, you know, just my whole life just improves, like every aspect of my life improves. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, what you described there, as we know, I mean, this is something, you know, there's so many different kind of so-called buzzwords, trendy words, again, attached to the personal development industry. But what you just described there is mirroring. So, you know, we know that the people who mirror back to us, uh, it's really a reflection of what's going on inside of us versus what's outside. So that goes for the positive, that goes for the negative. So whether it be irritants, whether it be things that get under our skin, or whether it be, again, synergistically alignment, you know, vibe attracts tribe. So what is it that regularly gets mirrored back to you that makes you go deep within and go, okay, this is still an area I have to work on if I'm going to continually walk my talk? Well, the thing that immediately came to mind was also priorities mm-hmm. and what I'm making a priority in my life. So, you know, if my children are upset because I'm not spending enough time with them and mm-hmm. okay, well, why is that? Well, it's because I'm just working. So what am I prioritizing over spending time with them? Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's definitely one of the biggest things is reflecting back what I am choosing to make a priority in my life because once I recognize that, then I can take a look at, well, why is that? Is it because 
I'm trying to accomplish something or am I going towards something or am I going away from something, right, mm-hmm. is is definitely reflected within that. Okay. Well, I, you said something that's very key there. You didn't say the actual word, but you talked about it conceptually. So a lot of people who I've interviewed, you know, particularly for people who are entrepreneurial, and I do showcase a lot of entrepreneurs, as you know, Robert, uh, a lot of people who are serial solopreneurs, a lot of people who have lofty goals and, you know, have their hands in so many various pots uh, just because that's how they're wired. Some people who I've interviewed would say that they don't believe that balance, in fact, exists. Some people say that balance must exist, and that's when they are able to, for what works in their lives, are able to tell when they're out of balance or whether they're in balance. What's your whole concept or theory around balance as it pertains to you specifically? Yeah, that's very interesting. Um, I've always seen seen life as a continuous juggling of priorities and Mm -hmm. at any given point whether it's a day or any moment it's you know what are we choosing to make the priority at that time so can we completely ever balance things out Mm -hmm. maybe it maybe we have some type of balance uh, within the moment but i've tried literally balancing out my day where i spend family time and meditation and reading time and work time and all that kind of stuff and putting that into a schedule. And that doesn't ever seem to, to work <laughs> for me. Um, so it's, but it, so for me, it again comes back to what am I making a priority? So again, constant juggling of priorities is how I view balance of, of all things in life. Lovely. And sometimes balance is just even being cognizant of things, Right asking yourself those questions, having that uh, evolved level of self-awareness where even if you don't perhaps like the answer on that given day based on, you know, what became the priority, what should have been the priority, uh, what overshadowed the priority. But if we're able to have that honest conversation with ourselves, that's how we shift change. That's how we make the improvements or that's how we aspire to get on the page we want to in our own lives, right? Yeah, I, the thing that I'm most concerned about isn't am I balancing you know things correctly in my life? It's really how am I approaching everything yes. in my life? So am I approaching work with the right attitude? Am I approaching my family with loving kindness when I'm going to spend time with them? Am I approaching potential clients or just anyone that I'm I'm meeting in that way? So that requires mindfulness <laughs> and yes, it does. practicing that right in in order to be self-aware enough to to realize your mental state when you're going into or you're acting within any given situation so how i am at all parts whether i'm working on one of the businesses or at a networking event or having a wonderful meal with my family is the the bigger concern for me than trying to just balance things out. Fantastic. Well, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, you as the successful adult as compared to contrasting once upon a time, the bullied child. A lot of people say that, um, and we know this to be true, there's a lot of people who read or are genuinely very successful in life, but that doesn't necessarily equate to genuine, authentic happiness or fulfillment. Um, so in terms of looking back on who you were as the bullied child, fast forward to where you are now as the successful adult slash entrepreneur, have you merged that relationship within yourself? That's an interesting question. Um, I mean, I am definitely by far a completely different person than I was at that point. So whether, <clears throat> whether you could look at that as merging those or just evolving beyond that, um, I would say it's more of an, an evolve, like a really a constant evolution, which is, which is how I believe people are as we go through life. Um, you know, we, we learn from our experiences, you know, we keep moving forward. We, we can change our beliefs at a moment's notice if we absolutely need to. Um, and so I mean, that's not, that's actually a really good question. I mean, is it merging or an evolution? I mean, I see, I see our progression through life generally as an evolution. So the, 
person that I was when I was bullied and whatnot all those years ago, I literally do not have any of those thoughts anymore. Like I don't have any of the thoughts when, um, when I was the person that was drinking, like all of that has gotten turned around. And as I've gone through life and hit a number of inflection points, then at each of those inflection points, a lot of my old beliefs are shed and new beliefs come into being. And it's something that I told one of my coaching clients is kind of relevant to this. And I told him, he came to me and he said, you know, I'm at this point where I, I just can't stay where I am. I feel I can do so much more. I just don't know what to do. And I said to him, well, you know, we hit these, these moments in life where literally who we are expands. And at that point, we have a choice. We can either fight against that expansion, and we see people that fight against that expansion. They're quite unhappy. They um, they allow themselves to be in jobs or relationships or situations that they really do not like, uh, mm-hmm. but they stay there because they are unwilling at that time to expand out into this person that they could become. So that's one side. Or you can expand, which means – Working through the fear of not knowing how you're going to reach that point that mm-hmm. you have now expanded to, but doing it anyway. So one of the success principles is feel the fear and do it anyway. And yes. the people that I find are really successful have hit these expansion points in their lives. Yes, it freaks them out a bit because now like with my client, he's going to be leaving his job and and doing something quite different than he was before. Uh, and I've been helping him chart a course of action, which also action, nothing fights fear back more than action. So Bingo. just keep taking action, you know, have your priorities, know where it is that you're going, and you can absolutely get there. And in so doing, you will not be the person that you were anymore. Like you will literally be a brand new person. Yes. And that's how I see just everything acting with people in life. <laughs> love it. Love it. Well, let's touch upon something that really interests me. And it's not even re- – I've never actually broached this on radio before. I don't know. This just is coming to me in our conversation uh, thread here, Robert. But, you know, there's so many people who, similar to yourself – when you reach that echelon of success, sometimes in my readings, you know, I'm constantly sponging up. I'm a student of life. I'm forever immersed with my nose in a book about something. And, you know, you often hear the expression imposter syndrome. And there's some people who have, you know, they've really paid their dues to get to where they are. They've earned it legitimately. They have authentic buy-in and followership, subscribership, And yet there's still that lingering question mark sometimes that they vacillate in and out of within themselves in their private moments, whether they take it publicly and and share that they are afflicted by this, uh, even if it's just a temporary moment lapse of reason. But they talk about imposter syndrome. Like, what are your thoughts about that? So it's interesting that you bring that up because I have a course on Udemy about overcoming imposter syndrome. And I really? also did a panel. Okay, yeah. I did not know that, listeners. I did not yeah. know that. <laughs> yeah, and I, I held a panel discussion on imposter syndrome. I had four excellent speakers. I held that uh, downtown Washington, D.C. I live right outside of uh, Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was a few-hour event, and it was fantastic. I can say that I myself have – felt imposter syndrome previously. Uh, when I moved from self-employment and doing online marketing and back into the tech space and was going to be moving from one job to the next, I said to one of the software engineers, I said, you know, I, I don't really know if I'm any good because I have to look stuff up. <laughs> I just can't remember <laughs> all the syntax. And he looked at me and he started laughing. He's like, what do you think we do for at least half the day? It's like, there's no way that you can remember all of this stuff. And so I've always remembered that, you know, and felt a lot better. And someone that I was, I was speaking with, I think says it really well. And what he said was, is that we tend to compare our knowledge to all the knowledge that exists out there. And yes. that can bring about imposter syndrome. So it's not me comparing myself to one other person. It's me knowing how much knowledge I have in a certain subject, you know, in life, whatever, knowing that 
and then going out onto the internet and thinking, oh my god, you know, they, look at all these, <laughs> know all this stuff compared. I don't know as much, nearly as much as these people. And that when we make those comparisons, that's when imposter syndrome can come into play. And another phrase is comparing your insides with someone's outsides, yeah. which loops back to your discussion earlier of overnight success being 10 years in the making. So mm-hmm. if someone looks at, say, Gary Vanderchuk or a Tony Robbins or Jack Canfield or any of these people that are really out there in the public light, it took them a long time to get to where they are today. But people don't always realize that. They don't see all the work that it's taken. They just see where that person is now and then compare where they are now to where that other person is now. And then that gap creates that feeling of, oh, man, do I really belong here? But the answer is, yes, you absolutely do. Because if you didn't, you would be somewhere else. A very obvious statement. <laughs> but you know, if you so didn't true. deserve to be where it is you are, you wouldn't be there. You'd be somewhere else. So mm-hmm. you know, own that. Own everything that you've done to get to where you are. A great exercise that I love for this is having people go through and write down successes that they've had in life. And it could be anything. I do this exercise each night called the mirror exercise where I maintain eye contact with myself. I look in the mirror. I maintain eye contact with myself. And I acknowledge myself for at least a minute of all the good things that I did that day. And then at the end, I say, Rob, I love you. Now, I will say if any of your listeners tries this, it is super awkward the first four or five days. But afterwards, something shifts. And what shifts is your internal self-talk. It goes from negative to very positive. And so... That uh, that's one exercise to be able to acknowledge everything that you, in fact, are doing really well, because our brains love to forget all the good things we've done and only look at where we have room for improvement. And that's not just we didn't just come up with that. I mean, that is something societally that occurs. So when you're at a job, you go in for a yearly review. If it's awesome. You know, they'll talk about all the good things and say, hey, you know, let's, you know, work on some of these areas. If it's not that great of a, an experience, it might just be focused on, well, here's all of your areas for improvement. Yeah, you may have done something nice over here, but look at all these other areas. And we're taught or we're taught, I was taught not by my parents per se, but through society to focus on improving our weaknesses. Yeah. That fortunately is being completely turned around. That is something I do not teach my daughters. I say, Focus on your strengths Mm -hmm. and put all of your energy into that and using them to get what it is you want in life and look for all the resources around you that can help you get there. Absolutely. And I wholeheartedly subscribe to that myself. And in fact, you know, you reference Gary Vaynerchuk. I follow him closely. I've been trying to get him on radio. I've talked to his people. He's just too off the hook for me. But, um, you know, he talks about that quite extensively. He does not focus on his weaknesses. He outsources the stuff that he knows aren't his uh, particular skill set. And rather than going down that rabbit hole of self-defeating, self-deprecating talk about anything else outside of the skill set where it is perceivably an area of weakness, he does the complete opposite. That guy's got such a honed, focused, clear mindset. I love it. And I agree. Focus on your strengths. I mean, there's only so many hours in the day. And for people like us who, you know, are sending out and are responsible and accountable for getting out content, whether it's interfacing with people, mentoring, coaching clients, uh, writing good stuff in good books or blogs, I mean, you have to do your due diligence. And if, if people are going to align with you potentially as a client or as a peer or as a colleague, call it partnership, collaboration, you know, they want to know that you've got it going on, you know, and 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 not just because you're saying all the things that would lead the impression that you do, but you have to believe in yourself. You have to know what your strengths are. And, and I love what you say. You're totally preaching to the preacher here because I talk about this, too. If you can't say with, you know, 100 percent authenticity and sincerity and look in the mirror or even just dialogue within yourself, if you're not in front of the mirror, I love you, Lisa. I love you, Lisa. As you say, I love you, Robert. You know, proud of you. Great. You did this today. You know, you have to be your own hero. You have to be your own shiro. You have to be your own leader. And you have to be your own best friend. 
And you're right. It does start with self-talk. It does start with self-dialogue. Um, and oftentimes that gets misconstrued for narcissism or being egoic. Let's talk about that because I really want the listening audience who are on the fence or they haven't necessarily honed the kind of mindset that you and I are talking about that we clearly embody, Robert, but not an overnight thing. Uh, certainly wasn't a comfortable thing to get to that point. But let's talk about it for the listening audience. Let's Let's break that down a little bit. Can you explain, particularly in your line of work, why that is essential? It, it's truly non-negotiable and it's truly required. Why would that be, Robert, from your experience? As an entrepreneur, I think especially as an entrepreneur, although this affects pretty much everyone, is, yes. you know, when... So when we start to get into situations where we don't fully know what we're doing, and that's pretty much everything in life at some point, <laughs> Very then, true. you know, and we start going out there and looking for answers, then we can easily get sidetracked mm-hmm. if we do not have a strong sense of where it is we ourselves want to go. I can say I've, I've absolutely experienced that previously. I mean, gotten off track uh, because of that. So, you know, so how do you, you know, how do you cultivate then having a very strong sense of of where it is you want to go and having faith in yourself, mm-hmm. believing in that something is possible for you, and believing in yourself are two separate things. So mm-hmm. I could believe that I could make a million dollars, or that, yeah. Someone could make a million dollars, but do I myself believe that I have the capability to make a million dollars? Those are two separate things. So knowing, first off, having clarity of where it is you want to be in life and taking away what society tells you you should or have to do or parents or friends or whatnot. And I say that as a parent, (laughs) even then, um, you know, scraping all of that away and getting really honest. Being selfish, like positively selfish with what is it that I want in life and anchoring yourself in that future is yeah. so important mm-hmm. because then along the way, you can then build up the confidence as you're taking action in yourself that you can absolutely achieve that. And again, as we said, taking action in life counteracts the fear that comes up. It counteracts all the people that tell you your dream is too big or you there's no way that you can do it or you just don't have the resources or you'll never find the money or any of that because there's a lot of people out there that are going to bring a lot of negativity around you. Now, focusing though on what you want and continuously just hammering away on that, like hammering and hammering away on that can help those negative people to fall away and fall out of your life. I've also found one of the things you said earlier, very relevant, I think. The vibe attracts the tribe. Yeah. Very true. But how do you get that vibe? You get that vibe by having a strong sense of, no, this is where I'm going. This is why I want, this is where I'm going. It's okay. I don't know how exactly I'm going to get there, but I'm going to just keep doing the next thing to get there. And over time, you build up self-confidence and by building up that self-confidence, both in yourself and your dream, and your ability to achieve that dream, what you want in life, then that allows you to not get swayed by the negative people that might come in. Because also, once you achieve a certain level of success, you're the, the number of people that are negative, that are going to tell you their opinions, is definitely going to increase. Oh yeah. So you have to have a way to... <laughs> Right? You have to have a way to counteract that. And how do you counteract that? Well, you could just not listen or you could remain unaffected. How do you remain unaffected? Again, having full belief in yourself and where you're going and your ability to get there. 
Now, I hope that actually answered the question. It does. It does. But I, I want to ask you something else. And it's all, everything we're talking about is interconnected. I mean, so everything's a segue into everything. And again, this is why I absolutely love unscripted organic uh, interviewing, because you never know what path you're going to go down. And yet it's all equally important, and I think. So, you know, there's different schools of thought with everything that we're talking about. We know that people exist within different polarities and dualities, and you can feel things simultaneously on opposite ends of the spectrum. But in terms of you as well being immersed in the personal development world, as well as you being a fellow entrepreneur, uh, and there is no right or wrong. I'm just interested in knowing from you, Robert, what your perspective is in terms of what your essential core truth is along the lines of this subject matter. So some people would arguably say, um, you know, where I say self-love is a prerequisite, I believe it's essential in order to healthily and authentically be able to love other people. Some people would say that they discount that or they don't truly buy into that, at least not 100%, that it is in fact, it is in fact possible more than possible that you cannot have necessarily a great relationship with yourself or you could still feel conflicted within yourself, but you still could actually have full capacity to be able to fully love someone else. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I don't believe that. <laughs> I, I don't believe that last statement. Now, mm-hmm. what I, what I, my experience in life is, our outer world is a reflection of our inner world. Yes. If our inner world is chaotic, then our outer world is chaotic. If our inner world is one of fear and anger and stress and worry, that is absolutely going to be our outer world. Mm-hmm. So if I can love myself, now that doesn't necessarily mean I always put myself before everyone else, no matter what, in every situation. Mm-hmm. Right? So just to, just to make that point. But if I can, you know, truly love myself and accept myself for who I am, for everything that I've done, take responsibility for my life, then that gives me the capacity to love someone else. And only Rich Litvin is a, a coach that I follow. And he says that a coach can only take their client as deep as they have gone. Mm-hmm. And I believe that's, accurate with many things in life. So one can only love someone else as much as you love yourself. I agree. I agree. So let's play devil's advocate because you and I are completely on the same page with that. But for the sake of being open-minded here and knowing that there, you know, there are other perceptions and interpretations of this, what would you, again, with your expertise and your level of self-evolvedness and self-awareness and intuitiveness, if we could just play devil's advocate, what would you say to support somebody else who would purport to believe that it is in fact true, that you could actually still struggle with the concept of self-love or not be completely along in the healing process or however it is one chooses to define self-love, and yet still be in a space where you can be there wholeheartedly uh, to love somebody else. If you had to play devil's advocate to that, to, to, to kind of get in the mindset of somebody who might believe that or subscribe mm-hmm. to that, what do you think that would be based on? Sure. So it could be based on another principle of just acting as if. So you could say, if I did fully love myself, whether that's true or not, mm-hmm. can I completely love somebody else? Can I completely accept them for who they are? So I think in that mental space, it would be possible. I don't know how long you could keep that up for, <laughs> you know, maybe mm-hmm. decades. It's possible. Mm-hmm. I've seen people, you know, maintain super limiting beliefs for decades upon decades. So it is possible. <clears throat> And I will accept that it is possible. So if someone was acting as if they did love themselves, then from that place, perhaps, and again, I say perhaps because I'm theorizing because Mm -hmm. that's just not where I am in life, but Mm -hmm. theorizing that probably from that space could allow someone to, to maintain that belief and act upon that belief accordingly. 
Right. Well, you know, I've really analyzed that. I've really churned that one over because I hear people who I equally respect in the industry who do support one way uh, aligned with how you and I see it and believe it to be and other people who see it being completely possible um, to not love yourself or be full of self-love and self-healing and self-awareness and all that and yet still hold that space for truly being able to love someone else. And I thought, okay, what possible example could that relate to? And the only thing that I can really come back to is being a parent myself. I understand conditional, unconditional love. I mean, they're really, those are the two only people that I can say I 100% feel that for, if I'm going to be completely honest, would be my two children. And so then I think of my former vacation or vacation. Okay, so there's a little slip there. I think I need a vacation. <laughs> um, the universe is calling. <laughs> but my vocation of being in social services. So when I think of one of the last health positions I had, you know, so women and children fleeing domestic violence, you know, so you've got a woman who comes into shelter with her children. There's, uh, you know, all kinds of abuse going on at home. And maybe it's because the abuse has finally turned on to the children that maternally something clicks in and it's like, okay, maybe I don't value my own safety. I don't value my own self-worth. But when it comes to my children innately, that's that's a deal breaker. So when I think about the women that I've worked with in shelter who there is a fractured level of self-esteem, there is a fractured level of self-worth, I don't doubt nor have I ever in the capacity of working very closely with the, the mother and child uh, dynamic um, that regardless of the space that the mom was in, that she didn't hold complete love for her child. For me, that would be the only exception where I could see that being plausible. Yeah, I can. So as a father, I can agree with that. Obviously, I can't speak uh, to the maternal side of that, but <laughs> I could I could see that um, where you would place the value of your children and their welfare absolutely above above mm-hmm. your own. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so let's move on. <laughs> but I, I think it's important. I think, I think I, you know, I'm really glad that we discussed that. In fact, you know, again, I've been going on almost four years of doing this. You and I are talking about some subject matters uh, that I've never talked about. There's something about you that's pulling all of this out in me. So obviously, you're the real deal, Robert. <laughs> well, I, um, I do want to I do want to say something real quick for your listeners. Is that you know, I I have had times where um, I don't know if they've heard of EFT, um, emotional freedom technique or tapping. Mm. So that can seem, depending on where you are, tapping can seem kind of weird and out there, but it's, it's based in science, acupressure points. Chinese medicine has been around for thousands of years with that. Uh, but anyway, so part of EFT tapping, you say, even though I am, you could say like stressed out about the situation, I totally and, and unconditionally love and accept myself. And I have had points in my life where I was literally unable to say that phrase. I am, I totally and unconditionally love and accept myself. I literally could not say that. And then five, seven minutes later through this EFT tapping session, I was able to say it because I was releasing um, energy. So if anyone is in a space where it is difficult for them to say, I love you to yourself, if you can't look at yourself in the mirror and maintain eye contact and say, I love you, then I absolutely recommend doing the mirror exercise, faking it till you make it, you know, lean into it. It feels awkward as heck, but mm-hmm. maintain eye contact with yourself, look at yourself in the mirror, state all the things that you acknowledge yourself for, for that day. It could be anything. It could be, hey, I didn't blow up at so-and-so at work today when I really wanted to. Okay, that's a positive, right? So right. add that into your list of acknowledgements. And then at the end, say, you know, your name, whatever your name is, and then mm-hmm. I love you. Whether you believe it or not, just say it. Because also when I started doing the mirror exercise, it was hard for me to say it. I felt really weird. Uh, but then over time, as your self-talk, even throughout the day, changes and you don't, you're not beating yourself up so much for every little thing, then it becomes easier to say that. And then over time, it absolutely becomes, it becomes a fundamental belief that you do absolutely love yourself. And so you can shift that. So if you're not at a place where you can do it, you can use a technique like the mirror exercise to turn that around and get back to a space of loving yourself. Beautiful. 
Well put. Thank you for sharing that. Well, being cognizant of time, Robert, and again, I say this, the, the interviews here always go too quickly for my liking, but I would be remiss if I didn't give you an opportunity as we're parting ways here for you to impart to the listening audience. How can they connect with you? How can they, uh, you know, uh, find out a little bit more about how they can get a consultation with you, uh, be coached by you, um, in any which capacity that would be available for what you have to offer in your suite of services, how can people connect with you and, and buy or purchase your materials? So if you go to awesome2thecore.com, and that's Love exactly it. as it sounds because everyone is awesome at their core, and that's what it's all about, uh, you will see everything that we offer. We offer training, coaching, mastermind groups. Uh, if you don't know what a mastermind group is, definitely check that out. It's a super Super important thing, especially for entrepreneurs. Also, mm-hmm. on June 23rd, I'm holding a full-day event named Living Life on Purpose, where we're going to walk through a lot of the success principles from Jack Canfield, taking responsibility for the outcomes in your life, deciding what you want, setting clear goals that are measurable in, in time and space. Ultimately, all of that, Living Life on Purpose, the coaching, the training, the mastermind groups that we offer comes down to three things that we really deliver. Clarity of purpose, vision and goals, a proven strategy for getting what it is you want, and then getting you into action to achieve success. So coaching, training, and mastermind groups are just three of the ways that we do that. So go to awesometothecore.com and you'll see everything right there. Fantastic. Well, I just want to say thank you very much again, Robert, for the gift of your time. I thoroughly enjoyed this interview. I got so much personally and professionally out of it. Uh, you know, take notes. I'm going to be playing back the podcast once it's uploaded and available for release uh, because I always pick up on nuances and other things that not that I wasn't listening throughout the course of the interview, but I'm listening to it from somebody who's potentially being coached or mentored by the person that I've just interviewed and I'm wearing a complete different hat. So for everything that I personally got out of this interview uh, and just for what I've come to know about you and your character and your journey, I just want to say I think you're quite stellar and uh, I know the listening audience probably just got as much value out of this as what I did and certainly for the podcast subscribers, they will concur with that as well. So Robert, I just want to wish you all continued success, my friend. You're welcome to come back here anytime because uh, clearly you're somebody who's committed to momentous growth and I'm sure there's going to be all kinds of upcoming updates on a continual basis. If you wish to share that with my particular viewership, listening audience, always welcome to come back, my friends. So thank you. And to the listening audience, I want to thank you very much for taking time out of your schedule. I know how busy you are as well. I always appreciate the feedback and the testimonials of the interviews that I've had with my guests of each week. I always encourage you, if you have um, prospective show topic ideas or wish to appear as a guest yourself, kindly reach out to me at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. Alternatively, you can reach me at my email address, lisa at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. My job here, very clear on my own purpose, I'm here to up lift you to fear less and to live more. I want to once again thank my friends and family over at C-Suite Radio Network, where again, following the live show, you can eventually find the upload of the podcast with my interview of each week, also on my host page, Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. And again, big thank you and shout out to my corporate sponsors, Holt and Honda, and Forever for believing in myself and the content and the guest of each week. Wishing you a fantastic day, a wonderful weekend. We'll be back here again next Friday on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald at 8 a.m. Pacific, 10 Central, 11 Eastern. Love and gratitude. Take care. All my best. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Living Fearlessly with your host, Lisa McDonald. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.